The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merritt, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. Good evening. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk New York on WGBB here in Merrick, Long Island, New York. Bill Donahue here. I'm taking you through the first hour on this Sunday night, the 27th day of February in the year of 2022. Our engineer, Brian Graves, is with us, as always, right across the way. And I'm real happy to welcome you guys aboard tonight. Glad you could be with us. We have uh, tonight for you the former running back for the Cincinnati Bengals and celebrator extraordinaire Icky Woods will be with us. Then we welcome in 1986 champion Met, former National League MVP Kevin Mitchell will stop by. So sit back, relax, get comfortable, enjoy the show tonight. we got some great stories, some great people up ahead. But as always, before we start, social media, we're out on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. Just uh, do a search. You will find us at LinkedIn, uh, excuse me, at Twitter, at WGBB Sports Talk. You can follow me on Twitter, at B. Donahue, WGBB. And all past shows are out on the website. Don't worry if you miss anything. They're all out there. So our first guest, folks, he played for the Cincinnati Bengals from 88 through 91. Played his college ball at the University of Nevada at Las Vegas. Best remembered, of course, for his Icky Shuffle uh, perform each time he scored a touchdown, as we know. Uh, after a rookie season in which he set numerous rookie franchise records, a series of injuries shortened his NFL career. But it's great to welcome to the show tonight, Icky Woods. Icky, good evening. Yo, yo, what's going on, man? How you doing this evening? Good. What's going on out in Cincy? Oh, man, just sitting up here babysitting my grandkids, man. That's about all. <laughs> there you just go. Sitting up here kicking it and watching a little news and, and getting it in. There you go. Good job, Mickey. Now, yes, you, sir. you grew up out in Fresno, California. Who were your favorite sports stars and teams back when you were a kid? Well, I was a big Raider fan, man. You know, I was a big Earl Campbell fan, Mark Van Egan. You know, and, and the old Raiders, man. So, uh, I was real, real high on them, man. But Earl Campbell was my guy, man. I just liked the way he just ran over, ran over guys. And I kind of tried to emulate myself after him. And, you know, and we had some fun doing it. Yeah, Earl Campbell. Very good choice, Icky. Now, everybody wants to know, how did the name come about? How did Icky become your, uh, well, your my, tag? Well, my first given name is Elbert, E-L-B-E-R-T. Right. And my... Older, older brother at the time, I was one and he was two and he couldn't pronounce Elbert, so he used to call me E.E. E. all the time. And to make it simpler <laughs> for him, my mom started calling me Icky and it's kind of ironic. We grew up Koki and Icky. Nice, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least they call you. Some people don't yeah, even yeah, yeah, call yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> like me. Oh, forget it. Now, no now you, doubt, no doubt. You got a scholarship to UNLV, Icky. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your college career. You played with uh, the great Randall Cunningham out there. Yeah, my, my my freshman year, I got a chance to play with Randall Cunningham, man, and just to see the type of athlete he was. Not only was he a great 
quarterback, he was also an All-American punter, so he could kick the ball as well. So and I think he kicked like a 70-yarder when he was with the Eagles, too. So so he had a, he had a great foot, man. Just, just a great all-around guy, man, very talented. And uh loved, loved the first year with him, but uh didn't really do anything. The first year went to the California Bowl. I got a chance to play in the California Bowl in my hometown of Fresno. I scored a touchdown, had a decent, uh, decent game uh, rushing the ball, and then really didn't do nothing for the next two years. And then my senior year, I uh, had a guy by the name of John Montgomery, uh, who was a new running back coach, came in and showed that he cared about me as a person, you know, and not a player. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got to talking, and he, you know, uh, made a promise to me if I did everything he told me to do, he guaranteed I'd be a first or second round draft choice and end up leading the nation in rushing and was the first player taken in the second round. Right. Not too bad. Mr. Montgomery, yeah. uh, knew what, what he was doing, evidently. Evidently, yes. He yeah. Did. Now, no you, you went to Cincinnati, as you say, in the second round, the 31st overall selection. How did you feel about going to Cincinnati? Well, my agent told me there was three teams that we didn't want to go to, and Cincinnati was one. Oh boy! But when I when I got here, you know, uh, they they welcomed me with open arms. We uh, we had fun, and I was just uh, out to prove that I could play in the National Football League. And we end up uh, end up leading the nation, and um, end up uh, going to the Super Bowl uh, my rookie year. Yeah, so, not not bad, Icky, going to the Super no, Bowl your rookie year. Yeah. Now, now uh, it was Super Bowl twenty three. For those folks wondering, uh, you played the San Francisco Forty Niners. Tell yes, us, sir. tell us a little bit about that game. Well, it was a good game, man. We uh, we get in the game, and you know, before we got to the game, we were averaging running the ball uh, thirty to thirty to forty times, uh, thirty five to forty five times in a game, and we get to the Super Bowl and want to turn into a passing team. Which I couldn't understand, but you know, uh, we end up, we gave the, uh, 49ers a good, good run and Montana, uh, went on a 92 yard drive and, and, uh, scored a touchdown on us, uh, and won the game because we, uh, went to that prevent defense, the same defense that knocked Buffalo out the playoffs this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, okay, it, pre- I, I it pre- hate that prevent defense because yeah. it don't do nothing but prevent you from winning the game. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it prevents you from winning the, the game. That's right, Icky. Good thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what could you have done better in that game to make a better showing and, and possibly win a world championship? Well, you know, I, I think we should have stuck with what got us there. I think we should have ran the ball more because uh, we were uh, – Running the ball decent. I think I had, uh, like 20, I think I had 20 carries for 80, 80 something yards. So I was, you know, averaging four yards a carry. So we should have ran, we should have ran the ball. Uh, I think, I think we should have ran the ball a little bit more and, and not, and not went to the prevent defense and kept a little pressure on Montana. But you know, as you know, as they say all the time, high side is 2020, you know, right. you got to live with the results, you know. And that's what we do. How did you feel about the 2021 Bengals and their return to the Super Bowl, Icky? How'd you oh, man, feel? I loved it, man. I, I loved it. I loved that kid, Joe Burrows, man. He's a, he's a gem, you know, but I, I think, uh, what we have to do this offseason is go out and get us some veteran offensive linemen 
you know, we got plenty of cap space, so we need to get out there and spend that money and, and get that young guy protected, man. I think if we can keep him upright, because I think uh, we they had 70 sacks last year. I think we led the NFL in sacks, and then we had a, a few. Uh, we had, like, 50 in the regular season, and then um, had another 20, 20, 22. I know they had nine against the Titans, seven against the Rams, and then I think they have four against um, four against the uh, Chiefs, mm-hmm. and I think like two against the Raiders. So, so we had we had twenty two sacks in uh, in the playoffs alone. So if we can go out and get some uh, offensive linemen, I'm on the phone. If we can go out and get some offensive linemen. I think uh, we'll we'll have another chance of getting back to the Super Bowl. Right, you got to keep that kid upright, as you say. He's 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 yes, the sir. real deal, and uh, the, we hope for better things for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's for sure. Now, in in '89, Icky, you tore your left ACL in the second right. game of the season. Boy, what a kick in the butt! Oh man, yes, it was. So, and and by the time you came back. Uh, somebody else had taken the starting job. Well, I'm not going to say somebody else has taken the starting job. By the time I came back, you know, I think Harold Green was there, and yeah, you know, I was still, uh, still, still doing some things, but just couldn't get that knee to come back right. So, you know, that was the injury took me away from the game, but that's part of the game. So you got to take the good with the bad, and you got to keep keep moving on. Right. We're speaking with Icky Woods tonight on the program. Now, the the Icky Shuffle, how did that start? How did you create that? Oh, man, I was just I was sitting at home uh, one day, and I flew my mom in for a game against the Cleveland Browns. And me and my two oldest kids at the time were five and two. We were up acting silly. And then um, I just said to my mom, I said, Mom, if I score tomorrow, that's what I'm going to do. She was like, boy, you better not do that. I said, I got to, Mom. I got to. So it just started where I just jumped in the air and put my hands in between my legs. And then uh, Ricky Dixon, who was our first-round draft choice that year, came up to me. He's like, Woods, Woods, what was that? I said, man, that was my celebration dance. He was like, man, that thing was whack. That thing was whack. <laughs> I said, what you mean it was whack, Ricky? He said, yeah. I said, so what you think? I ought to put some steps to it? He said, yeah, put some steps to it. So I thought the whole week, what could I do? What could I do? And I couldn't come up with nothing. And then five minutes before it was time to go out and get warmed up for the jet, it just hit me. And I said, Rick, check this out, bro. This is what I'm going to do today if I score. I'm going to go one, two, three to the right, one, two, three to the left, one, two, three back to the right, and I'm going to hop back three times and spike the ball. He was like, oh, yeah, it, man, that's going to be live. That's going to be live. <laughs> that's it. I tell everybody, you know, I was fortunate enough to – be blessed to be in the right place at the right time. We were winning ball games and we made it to the Super Bowl that year. So, so it caught on. Right. That was, that's all part of the lore of the, of the Cincinnati Bengals in their Super Bowl year. And yeah. it, as we said, that was against the Jets. I remember that ball game. It was October 10th in 88. Now the NFL didn't take too kindly to it, did they? No, they didn't. They didn't take too kindly to it, man. Yeah. They had a bunch of the, defensive players talking about it was taunting and things like that so they they said i couldn't do it anymore in the end zone so we just took it to the sideline okay 
Yeah, so at least the fans got to got to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, and I and I only did it at home. I never I never did it uh, away from home. It was for something for our fans, you know, uh, to get our fans involved and get our fans riled up. And so I, it it was always something I did at home. Yeah, that's true. And and for those folks wondering, the NFL created a, a rule against it, designating that as excessive celebration. And yeah. uh, they were going to penalize people for it. It reminds me, Icky, of when, when I spoke to Dikembe Mutombo, the great NBA uh, Hall of Famer, when he used yeah. to wag his finger back and forth. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did yeah. a Geico no, no, commercial, no, no, too. No. He was yeah, a Geico no, no, man. No, 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 no. Yeah. Right. And, and David Stern put the kibosh yeah. on that and said, no, you're taunting. Don't do that anymore, Dikembe. Right. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Same stuff. Yeah, they just try to take the fun out the game, man. We just trying to, you know, we we're nothing but big kids, man, trying to have fun, you know. Yeah, pretty much. I can see that, Icky. <laughs> Definitely, that that was a wrong move by the NFL. Now, yeah. they, they some teams have turned it into an agility drill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the Icky Shuffle that they do on the ladder now. Yeah, uh, that's wonderful. That it keeps yeah. it alive. Keeps it alive. Oh that, yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. Because you know, I got to see. Got to meet a few of the younger kids, and he was like, "Well, man, we do it. We used to do a drill called the Icky Shuffle in college." I was like, "Yeah, man, that's me, bro. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the man with that, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt." Now, how did the idea for the Geico commercial come about? Did they they contact you? What yeah, happened? They, they, they reached out to me. Well, they reached out to the Bengals organization, and then somebody in the Bengals organization called me and put me in touch with the um, Martin agency and then uh which uh was a representative of, of Geico uh, and you know they talked to my people and we put it together and and made it happen. That was a great that was one of the better Geico commercials. That Yeah, 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 we have fun with it. That uh the the Kembe one where he's he's knocking the paper out of people's hands and the cereal right, box. Right. Yeah. And and uh the camel. I always like the camel, Icky. Oh yeah, on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Hum, <laughs> hum day, hum day. Yes. That's it. Now, how many takes did it take you to get that that down that commercial? Well, we did it uh well, we did it the first couple of times and they had me going back to the uh shopping cart and leaning over the shopping cart and acting like I'm reading. And uh I did that twice and I was like, "Man, I don't even like that." I said, "I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to make up something and see if they like it or not." Yeah. So when I so when I came back the last time, I gave him a high five, 44. Woo, that's me and I gave him <laughs> high five. And then when I walked back to the cart I just hopped in there and said, Woo! I'm gonna get me some cold cuts today. Get some cold cuts, and ladies. Like, yeah. Oh, we love that. We love that. We love that. Yeah. And so they, and so they kept it in. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. That, I, yeah. I love when that, yeah. when that's out there. Now, are there any players that, that, uh, perform a celebration that you like today that, that you saw is worthy of maybe comparing to the Icky Shuffle? <laughs> Well, I like the little gritty that everybody's doing. That's a nice little little thing. The the gritty that uh, that uh, a few of the guys from the Bengals did, and then uh, uh, the uh, guy from the Rams did. I, I I like that little dance called the gritty that they do. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, they got a long way to go though, Icky. To, to oh, yeah, to yeah, long way shuffle. to go. <laughs> That's for sure. Icky Woods That's with no us doubt. tonight. Now, uh, as we said. 
the NFL instituted a, a celebration clause, and uh, they'll flag a player for. What do you think when they flag somebody for celebrating, Iggy? Is is that right? Well, I don't think so, man. Because like I said, man, it's a it's a kids game, man. It's supposed to be fun. And that's you know, and, and that's a fun thing to do, you know, to get the crowd involved. And you know, now if they go now, they they want a few overboard things with the sharpies and that, yeah, uh, I, and I, the cell phone and, and and the and the thing now, now things like that, man. That's that's a little overboard. But just something spontaneous that you do, like like the gritty or the shuffle. Or you know, or, or the Dirty Bird, or you know, right. things like that, man. Was you know, was good. Yeah, you don't want guys pulling a sharpie out of their sock and signing the right, football. Right, uh, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. he deserves a penalty for that. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask you, Icky, you uh, were the, were a coach and the owner of a team called the Cincinnati Civ- Sizzle, yeah, which was women's a f- football, full contact women's football. How how'd you get yeah. started in that? Well, my ex-wife actually uh, tried out for the team, and then, you know, I uh, sarcastically said, well, honey, if they need coach, if they need a coach, let me know, and I'll help coach. And, you know, I was just being sarcastic yeah. and crazy, and she came home and was like, honey, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. She was like, you said you would, you said you would, so being a man of my word, I went on ahead and, and started coaching them, and, and to my surprise, they had some ladies who could actually play the game. You know, wow. it makes for a good game when you have uh, women against women. I, I don't think they could ever play on the same level as men do, but it's a good contest when you have women against women. I think the men would like to see that, Icky. I think the, yeah. some guys would wait for a cat fight to break out or something well, like that. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No doubt. No yeah. Doubt. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, a, a very worthwhile cause that you're involved in is your foundation. Tell, yes. tell us about that. It's called the Javante Woods Foundation. Uh, ten years ago, I lost my middle son to asthma, and we started a foundation in his name called the Javante Woods Foundation, and that's spelled J-O-V-A-N-T-E. WoodsFoundation.org. Mm-hmm. If you want to go on our website Great. and help us out with donations, because the uh, pandemic has been real rough on us, because we hadn't been able to do any social gatherings to uh, to raise money. So we've been, you know, we've been struggling a little bit, but things are starting to come around now. We're starting to be able to do some 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 fundraising and to you know raise money to fight this deadly disease called asthma. Right. And so, uh, so we've been just wanting to get out and if not find a cure, hopefully find a better way to treat it. And then, um, and we also want to get out and educate people on how serious and severe asthma really is. Cause a lot of people, uh, don't know asthma could kill cause I didn't know it be- before it took my baby from me. So. Yeah. So, so we just, uh, a great trying course. to make sure yeah. we get out and educate people on how serious and severe asthma really is. And and to uh, take another look at that, folks, go go online, JovanteWoodsFoundation.org. Jovante is spelled J-O-V-A-N-T-E, WoodsFoundation.org. Read up on the foundation. 
Uh, you could really do some good by donating to, to the cause. And I know Icky would appreciate it. And, uh, what, what kind of work does the foundation do? What, what kind of, uh, activities uh do you guys uh, well, take part in well, well we get out we we also have a scholarship fund where we give out scholarships oh, nice. to deserving kids uh going off to college uh we give about six thousand dollar scholarships out every year and then we also have a piece unbeknownst to me and his mom my son uh uh checked on his driving permit that he wanted to be an organ donor Okay. And so we, uh, so we honored that and he was able to save four lives, uh, with his organs and help, help countless others with his tissue. So we do some work in the organ donation field as well. But, uh, most of our work is just going out and educating, uh, people and, and trying to get people to get, uh, get tested to see if they, if they have asthma, if they suffer from asthma. And if they do, get them some education on, you know, uh, how to keep it under control and hopefully uh, uh, save some families from going through the pain and suffering we went through of losing a loved one. There you go, folks. Check out the foundation, especially you folks who were afflicted with uh, the disease we call asthma. People think it's a common thing and think it's something that passed with time, but it does not. So go out to the Javante Woods Foundation website, check it out, make a donation if you would. Is that how you spend most of your time these days, Icky? With the yeah, fun- I, yeah, I spend most of the time with the foundation, yes, sir. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay, now yep. I wanted to ask you, anyone along the way in your journey that made a difference in your career, who would that be? Well, like I said, it, it was uh, my coach, John Montgomery. John my, Montgomery, my okay. Coach, yeah, made a difference in, in my life. Taught, taught me what it was. Taught me what it was to be a man and to take on responsibility, and uh, you know, just be accountable. Be accountable. A, a great lesson to learn for the kids out there, Ricky. Definitely. Yeah. Now, is there anything you'd go back and change on your your on field life besides keeping away from from the knee injuries that that you sustained? Anything you'd change along the way, Ricky? No, not really. I just wish I'd have been born thirty years later. You know, because these guys nowadays they getting they getting paid so much money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's for These sure. Guys, now you sign on the line, you're an instant, instant millionaire. You know. Yeah, yeah. a lot of them so, can't you know, handle you know, it. I, had to, yeah. I, I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to make the big money that they're making now. You know, they they got guys now. You, you there's only seven rounds. I mean, the last guy makes more money than I made my whole career. So you know, it's crazy. It's a shame, yeah, that that you guys didn't get the recognition that they, that they get today. Now, now, no, who, they didn't. Well, you know, but we paved the way for them, and I, I think it's only right that you know that that they do something to kind of give back to the to the the guys who paved the way for them, especially the guys that like older than me, who you know may be struggling financially or or struggling with health. And things like that, man. So they're they're trying to work on uh, getting things to to help the older guys with you know with their injuries and and things mm-hmm. like that. And you know, hopefully, be accountable for you know taking care of some of these older guys who may have went through the the uh, uh, concussion stuff. 
you know, because all of us suffer concussions during the course of our playing days, but never, never really knew, you know, the ramifications or long-term results of, of them type of things. But now they're starting to learn about it. Now they're making the game a lot safer for the guys coming through now, but that doesn't take care of the older guys who paved the way before them, you know. Excellent thought, Icky. Definitely. The guys who paved the way for the millionaires yeah. of today and who, who possibly did sustain head injuries. I know we spoke to, uh, Jim McMahon a few weeks ago. He had trouble with in, in that same way. And, uh, they're, they're just now coming to terms with how to, how to deal with concussions. Uh, yeah. As, as we've been speaking about your career, Icky, who, who would you say it's a tough one? Who would you say your best teammate was? My best teammate? Yeah. Well, uh, it was probably Eric Thomas and Solomon Wilcox there and Joe, and Joe Kelly as well. Those three guys are, they've been, you know, we've been like thick thieves all the way. We're still thick thieves to this day, man. So those are the guys who are, are my real closest friends, you know, but, but everybody who was on that 88 team, we're like brothers, man. We hang out together, you know, we, we still do things in the city together because there's probably uh, roughly about 18 to 22 of the guys who played on that uh, Super Bowl, 88 Super Bowl team, who still lives in the area. Oh, that's so we great. Do a, yeah. yeah, so we do a lot of things together. I know I have a golf tournament that all the guys come out for, and then uh, Anthony has one, and uh, Joe Walter uh, has, has one, so there's about... Three or four, three, four to five of us guys who have tournaments, uh, during the summertime that we all come and support each other. Very good, Icky. That's very good. And of course, we have on the radio in the mornings here in New York, uh, the quarterback of the, the Cincinnati Boomer. Bengals team. Boomer. Right. <laughs> Boomer's here in New York with us, still out Boomer. on Long Island. And he, yeah. he's doing yeah, I, his I, thing. I, I see- yeah, he is really doing his thing. I seen him down at the uh Kansas City game when we played Kansas City in Kansas City and I was in the tunnel, you know, sitting back, sitting down there, you know, on pins and needles, wanting these guys to get this win and Boomer came up <laughs> behind me and said, Hey, hey, we got this one, man. Don't worry about it. We got this one. Yeah. So it, it kinda put me at ease and sure enough we went on down and and won that game, man. It was a it was a great game. Me, him, and Joe Kelly took a big picture on on, on the field uh, after that big win. That's uh, the MVP, folks. Uh, Norman yeah. Norman Isaacson. People don't That's realize right. his name yes, is Norman. Sir. Yes, sir. He's from East Islip <laughs> out here on Long Island, and uh, we get him on the fan every morning. What, oh yeah. What about the changes in the game since you played, Icky? Like the the uh, replay and things like that. Yeah, man, the, re- the the replayers came in, man, and it, it, it helped the game a little bit. And then, you know, sometimes you look at the replay and you be like, what? They call what? Oh, man, come on. What do, what, what do we have replay for if you're not going to make the right call, you know? But it could, it, it could go either way. But I'm glad that, that I'm glad that they have that and, and that not only helps, but it also, uh, Makes it makes it better for um, for the teams in, in certain situations. You know, they get the call right. You know, right. and then 
And then they need to work on this, this playoff thing too, man. It's got to have a, you know, way where, you know, uh, a team get a chance to, uh, to answer when a team score on them, you know? Right. Exactly so, right, Icky. Yeah. So they, so I guess they're going to look at that maybe this off season and try to come up with something, something different than, you know, at first it was the first team that scored and then they say, okay, well, we'll, We'll make it where if you score a field goal, you get another team a chance, and then you have a team get the ball and drive it down and score a touchdown. And you know, it happened to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, the year before, and then the next year it happens to the Buffalo Bills. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's something it's, it's to look at. Thing. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so they'll, they'll look at it and see if they can find a better way to. To give both teams an equal opportunity, you know, to possess the ball. So wonderful. Okay, Izzy, it's been yeah. a real pleasure. Thanks for taking time out of your Sunday night to spend it with us hey, back no problem, up here man. in New York. Tell my guy, tell my guy, boom! I said, "What's up?" Yeah. All right. We'll we'll send that along to him. And, all uh, right, brother. Thanks again, Nikki. Hey, appreciate you having me on, man. You take care. All right, brother. You have a good evening. That's Icky Woods, ladies and gentlemen. Up next on Sports Talk New York, we'll welcome in 1986 world champion New York Met Kevin Mitchell. Stick around, folks. Listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gustbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit Gustbuster.com and get your Gustbuster today. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. All right, folks, we are back with Sports Talk New York here on WGBB. Beautiful downtown Merrick, Long Island is where we are. The lockout of MLB players by MLB owners still continues. Tomorrow, actually, is the date set that the impasse must be broken and a new CBA instituted, or else the 2022 season uh, will be in jeopardy. The games will not start on time. So we'll see what Manfred and Tony Clark come up, come up with. It, it leaves kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Spring training games uh, should have been underway by now. But uh, baseball does continue, folks. Your little league, the minor li- minor league ball, colleges, the high schools, all back playing. So you can check that out if you're jonesing for some baseball. But uh, it's nice to have a fallback 
following uh, a college team of your old high school. That that may uh, give you some solace. Uh, the ones that are hurt, though, in in the end are the fans, and uh, we don't like to see that happen. But let's keep the sports memories rolling along with our next guest. He was a two-time All-Star, 1989 National League Most Valuable Player. Lifetime batting average, 284, 234 home runs. Of course, we remember him as a member of the 1986 World Champion New York Mets. We'll talk to him about the great Game 6. It's great to welcome back to the show Kevin Mitchell. Kevin, good evening. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. We're doing good. We hope everything's good out in California. Well, it's it's it's, it's we got some beautiful weather right now. It had been raining for a little bit, but we're still uh, a little cold. But uh, it's it's just good to uh, get that rain out of here right now. Yeah, I hear you, Kevin. Yeah, now you grew up out there in Southern Cal. Who were your early sports heroes and sports teams that you followed? Uh, when I was a little kid, I tell you, I followed the Pittsburgh. I was a Pittsburgh uh, Steeler fan and a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Okay. You know, I would love Willie Stargell, Bill Madlock, you know, all those guys that played on that team. We are family. Yeah. That was, I, uh, I forget what year it was, but uh, I remember the ball club. They had a great player at, at almost every position. I know Bert Blylevin was on that team. And yeah. uh, they really had some tremendous ball players. We've had Madlock on the program, and uh, he did nothing but rake. He was a, he was a tremendous hitter. So you you made all he some, did was hit. Yeah, we you had some good choices there, Kevin. Now, in in high school, what what did you play any sports in high school? Yes, I did. I played football. I did water polo. You know, I did it all in school. Basketball, yeah, uh, baseball. And, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, playing football. I really thought I was going to go play football. Ah, okay. But the Mets made you an offer, and you signed with the Mets, and uh, you, you had a good minor league career. Is there anyone in the minors, uh, Kevin, that you can mention who made a difference in your career along the way? Well, I, there's one guy that really made a difference in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was my manager, Bob Schaefer. Ah, okay. And he really, uh, I, I was, I, I moved up in the ranks with him, you know, in the minor leagues. And, uh, he took me under his wing and he showed me the right way how to play the game, you know, and how to control, uh, what I had to do on the field. Okay, good choice. Now, Gary Carter gave you the nickname World. Uh, I guess <laughs> it was for your ability to play, play almost any position. Uh, he, he was a big fan of yours as a kid. Oh, yes, he was, man. You know, may he rest in peace. I think about him all the time. And, uh, you know, um, he, he was a big part of my life. I, him, him, uh, Keith Fernandez, you know, and when I first came up, it was Ellis Valentine. Ah, okay. You know, that really, uh, took me under his wing. Yeah, Ellis Valentine took me under his wing when I first got, when I first got called up. One of the best arms was, in Major League history, folks, Ellis Valentine. Yes, sir. And, uh, Carter, of course, uh, his record speaks for itself. The the Hall of Famer oh, Gary Carter, no doubt. And we'll, he was a big part. We'll get into it right away. Game six. Now, game six uh, to many people is one of the the greatest games in baseball history. That and of course the the game six in Houston. You you guys were involved in two of those ball games. But uh, the tenth inning of game six. Now. 
Wally Backman and Keith Hernandez have been retired. Now, you were called into pinch hit for Aguilera after Carter gets a base hit. Tell us about that at bat, Kevin. Well, I really didn't think I was going to be hitting in that position, you know, because I have, that year I was really playing against left-handed pitching and really giving guys day off when they needed a day off, and that's how I was able to play every position on the field. And I was just thankful to be on that team anyway because, uh, you know, as coming up in the minor leagues, I only played like two positions, you know. And yeah. Really didn't play the outfield. I played the infield. And uh, Davey Johnson really gave me that chance to to make that team to play everywhere. But in that year in spring training, I was really hit. I was out hitting everybody. And uh, they had to make a position on that field, for, uh, on that team for me. So, you know, because I had a good spring that year. Right. And, uh, it was just, uh, it was just, I, I was, I was, it was a pleasure for me just to even be around great players like Gary Carter, Keith Fernandez, Daryl Strawberry, you know, all those guys, man, it was a motivation to me. They really taught me a lot about the game. Good, good people to go to for answers, Kevin, that's for sure. Um, yes. Now, were you changing at that point when they called on you to come up? Well, you know, everybody asked me that question, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a rookie there. Now, why would a rookie be making his plane flight? Yeah, you know, true. I was making it on the phone, making a plane flight. I, you know, I, I didn't pay for my way to come up there. Right. So why should I pay for my way to go back? So <laughs> I like to get that, you know, I always got, you got to hear from the horse's mouth. You got to right. get all that straight now. Yeah. You no, know, I wasn't on the phone and I, I definitely was in the clubhouse because mm-hmm. I didn't know I was getting in that situation, but. But what was the outcome of the of the whole thing? You know, I wasn't gonna make the last out of the, of the World Series. You know, you know, I'd rather be the hero than the zero. True, so. very good way to put it, Kevin. Yeah, nobody wanted to make the last out in that position, and uh, you you came home on the the wild pitch. I, I don't know what happened with that uh, the, that pitch. Rich Gedman didn't block the ball, went all the way back to the screen, and there's Mookie frantically waving you in. And, well, uh, you've got to give a lot of credit to Buddy Harrison on that. Okay. Because Buddy Harrison, he, he was the main guy that said, Mitch, this guy bounces a lot of ball, that split finger. So be prepared for him to bounce a ball in the dirt. And it, and it happened just the way he said it. And that's how I was able to score because I don't know Stanley. That's the American League, you know, mm-hmm. so. And um, but people don't understand. I mean, I probably wouldn't have even been at third base. But I remember I went from first to third on a on a, on a lazy ball that well, was Ray Knight hit. Yeah, yeah, to the right field because he's, he right, scored right after you. With a second baseman hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The famous so. words of uh, Vin Scully. Gets by Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. That's uh, that's yes. the history, folks, right there. So uh, New York, you, New York is beautiful, man. You give a lot, a lot of credit to Buddy then at, at third base for for making you watch out for that. I do, I do, yeah. I really do, because that's the first thing he said when I got to third base. Buddy Harrison said, "Mitch, be prepared for a ball being bounced in the dirt. He he bounces a lot of balls." Yeah. And sure enough, it happened. Like I said, like he said it. I mean, it was just like he he wrote that script on that on that pitch. Good old buddy, and he's going through uh, a bad time yes. now. And yes, uh, I understand. Yes, we, we we wish Buddy and his family nothing but the best. That's for sure. Oh yeah. 
Now, yeah, now, he was, go ahead, Kevin. No, he he's a great coach. I you know, I think, you know, you can learn a lot from Buddy. He knows he's his, his well. I know how his mind is right now, but he he's got a baseball mind. Yeah, and and one of one of the greatest and most revered Mets in the history of the ball club is Buddy Harrelson. Definitely a fan favorite. Now, Mookie's still up at the plate, and Knights at second base, as we said. Uh, another pitch, Mookie, who's up there hacking, hits it to Buckner. It goes through his legs, and here comes Ray Knight. Where were you, on the bench then, Kevin? I was already out on the field. I got buried in that <laughs> towel. <laughs> but, you you know, you, 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 you couldn't expect that Buckner would miss a ball like no. that. You never could expect that. He's a He's an excellent fielder. He's an excellent hitter. You know, it was just. It was just our time, you know. It's just something that happens, you know. People like, forget. Like I say that old that old song says, "Somebody got to win, somebody got to lose." Right. And uh, people don't realize Billy Buckner had over twenty seven hundred hits in his career. He almost had three thousand oh. hits. He, he, he did was, it all. Man. Yeah, he was a good ball player. And I don't I don't know if you've ever seen it, Kevin. Kevin Mitchell with us tonight on the program on the MLB channel. They had a special. With Bob Costas, Tom Verducci, and they, they were talking to, uh, Mookie, Bruce Hurst, and Calvin Schiraldi about, uh, game six. And it, if, if you haven't seen it. I've seen it. I've yeah. Seen it. I've seen it. What, what a great show. It. And, and they, they talk about all the discrepancies that the Red Sox had with, uh, Clemens being taken out of that ball game. And the reason why John McNamara didn't have Dave Stapleton at first base, he stayed with Buckner, and uh, just a, a great program it was. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it on HBO. Yep. I it, did see that. Tremendous. Now, now, Frank Cashin decides to dismantle the, the great 86 team. Uh, he, he's, he doesn't sign Ray Knight, and he sends you to San Diego how did you feel being traded, Kevin? That must have been devastating. Well, you know, me and Wally Dacken used to talk a lot. Wally always said, man, you know, they'll never trade you because you can play all these positions, man, and you can play this game, man. You're you're still young. And you're right. Up. And, and when I got home after that season, I came to my grandparents' house, and I had the media there. I thought something had happened to my grandmother, but found that I was traded. You know, but I was traded to my hometown, and that was the wrong move for me. Yeah. You know, and I ended up uh, only being there two and a half months and was traded to the San Francisco Giants. And that was the best move for me. You really came into your own out in San Francisco. You, you win the yes, MVP. Uh, the the first MVP by a Giant since the great Willie McCovey in 1969. Folks uh, mm-hmm. may not know that. And uh, you, you went to the World Series for the first time since 1962, the San Francisco Giants. So tell us a little bit about your time from your point of view with San Francisco. Well, I still call San Francisco my home, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, because I was there so long. And uh, I still do a lot lot with San Francisco. And, uh, you know, anything they ask me to do, I'm always trying to get there. You know, just to do it. I know Will Clark is getting his number retired. Yes. This year, and um, I just got a phone call from Mario, so I, I'll be heading up there pretty soon after my surgery. I got to have surgery here pretty, as a matter of fact, April twelfth. Okay, we hope uh, everything uh, goes well with that, Kevin. 
Yeah, I've been struggling with this right now. I've been mm-hmm. having some bulging discs uh, touching on my spinal cord again. Not so good. I've I've had that. Neck. Yeah, I know the feeling, Kevin. I ha- I had four surgeries on my back. The spinal cord was pinching off the nerves to my legs, and I couldn't walk. Now, now you know how I feel right yeah. now. Yeah, I've been going through it for the last seven months, man. I've been in uh, urgent care thirteen times. I've been in emergency five. Yeah. Uh, and it's just pinching where it's got my arm and atrophy right now and it's still bothering my legs. I've already had one surgery, uh, seven years ago where it put me into paralysis. Oh, man. So, uh, but God is good though. I'm still battling out here. I'm still moving. I'm thankful for him. I'm, I'm still playing golf well, and a lot of good. golf. Good. Uh, Way to go, Kevin. My yeah. Motorcycles, so. Beautiful. Well, so you, you're doing as best man. as you can. Yeah, and uh, That's it. we're going to remember you for that surgery. Will, will you be back for, for the old-timers game at City Field? Yes, I, I am I am going to the old-timers. I just talked to Jay Horowitz the other day. And oh, good. There. Excellent. Yeah, I told him uh, this surgery here is just uh, it's a four-hour surgery, and what they're going to do is go in and uh, go in the front of my neck and the back this time. So they went in the front years ago. So... Uh, and I just got off the phone with Eric Davis. So Eric Davis already had the surgery before. He's kind of gave me a little motivation, you know, just to, you know, you're going to be all right, Mitch. Nice, yeah. You know, so, but I've been battling this for a, a good while now. I've said about seven months, man. So uh, it's, I've been in pain every day because I don't take no type of pills for nothing. Yeah. So That's uh, a good, I'm good, good way it. to be, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. That is for sure. We We wish you the best with that surgery. And oh, yeah. it's some, something I'm going to have to talk to Ozzy Smith about this summer in Cooperstown. If uh, we do have an induction ceremony, it looks like everything's going to go well with the, with the pandemic. But who knows? Now, Ozzy hit that ball, Kevin. You, you're, sp- <laughs> you're sprinting towards the left field line at Bush, the old, new, or new old Bush Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Now, Ozzy hits that drive. Now, now, tell us about that catch. I mean, you know, as a kid, I grew up in the, you know, the the the, the, the boys' clubs, you know, yeah. as a little kid, and all we did was play wolf ball. We didn't have no gloves, so uh-huh. uh, we was boxing Ozzy that day, and we wasn't even supposed to be pitching him away because he hits the ball away on his left. Good, mm-hmm. I guess uh, Kelly Downs threw him a split finger and. Um, he sliced it down the line, and if, you, if, you, if people don't understand that, left-handers' balls come back into play, and I overran it. Okay. I couldn't get my glove up, so I just stuck my hand up, and uh, there it was. <laughs> Man, folks, you got to go to to uh, YouTube and Google that. Kevin Mitchell, barehanded catch, and take a look at that. It's one of the most amazing replays you'll see in baseball history. Uh, truly a tremendous catch, and as we said, off the bat of Hall of Famer Ozzie Smith. So, so definitely take a look at that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't trying to show Ozzie up or nothing, but it was just something that happened, just natural instinct, you know. Yeah. You know, we, we athletes and we competitors, you know, we're going to get out some type of way. And I had to go in the dugout, and they was trying to ask me, Kev, Kevin, what, what you, why you didn't turn around and flex? I said, man, <laughs> it may have not been graceful. But I got the job done. Right. That's the main thing. You sent Ozzy back to the bench. That That's the main thing. And any oh. pitchers, Kevin, that were really tough for you? Uh, Kevin Gross. Okay. I think I was like one for 30 off of him. Wow. 
Kevin yeah. Gross. People may think it, it's a every you know an everyday name, but Kevin Gross is not something that you hear every day. But there, there you go. Gave Kevin a rough time. Now, but people discussing the game of baseball, Kevin, when they get to discuss Kevin Mitchell, what would you like to hear them say about you? Well, I, I think everybody thinks. I've got a lot of people that I meet on the golf course. They always say, Mitch. You know, they read about me and stuff like that. You're not that type of person, you know. But I've always felt that as long as my friends and my family know what type of person I am, I'm on top of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of media and stuff like that gave me a bad image as a bad boy, you know. True. You know, and I yeah. just, and I, but see, the only thing I ever did was I'm with this team. I'm going to be with this team. If they're going to go out there on that field and fight, I'm going to go fight. That's mm -hmm. it. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to sit there. You know, and um, I didn't. I didn't take a lot of mess. I think a lot of, a lot of anything. Anybody that plays sports, a lot of time is a lot of intimidation that helps you out in the game. Mm -hmm. That you is know, true, Kevin. I played with Randy Johnson. You know, and Randy was the coolest guy I ever met in my life. You know, most soft-spoken guy. But when he gets on that mound, it's a whole different thing. When he's standing up on that mound, he's six, 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 seven. And he's he's motivated. Yeah, he yeah. That's true, Kevin. Yeah, I definitely say that about Randy Johnson. Now, I, I remember, I'll, I'll bring up this to you and, and uh, see what you remember about this. The game in Cincinnati. Uh, you're playing the Reds, of course. Ray Knight slides into third, comes up, mm -hmm. and uh, your buddy Eric Davis is standing there. And a little pushing going on, but Ray doesn't take any any uh, garbage either. And he turns oh, around. Ray and, never and, took any garbage. No. And he, he hits Eric with a right hand, man. And uh, I don't think Eric was expecting that. And, and that that touched off a real melee. And that was the game, Kevin, that um, Gary Carter had to come in and play third. And Davey flip flop pitchers with outfield. Yeah, he flip flopped Jesse and and uh, Roger McDowell. Roger McDowell. Yeah, and you ended up winning that ball game. I think Hojo hit a home run, but th that yeah. all, that all started when the great Dave Parker just dropped a, f a fly ball. Yeah, yes, you never seen nothing like that in your no. life. That's with Dave Parker, you know, Gold Glove. Yeah, the know. Cobra. The cobra. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the snake couldn't hold on to it. No, yeah. <laughs> and what a game that was, I'll tell you. Oh, it was. It was a beautiful game. But you know what? Our pitching staff was none but athletes. Right. Those guys loved If they could, they would have loved to be infielders and outfielders in real life. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, they, they didn't they, make they it were, hard for They were good, that's for sure. Now, if, if there's anything you could go back and change, Kevin, what would that be? Uh, I, I, you know, I always tell myself, I always talk to myself and say, if if I could turn back the clock, what would I do different? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff I would do different, you know. I see society, society don't want you to come back home to where you grew up at. That's a lot of things that, you know, you know the police is going give you a bad rap no matter what, stereotype you, mm -hmm. even if you come back into your inner city, you know, so. And um, I wish I would have did, moved out of my inner city a long time ago and uh, just got away from things, you know, where I wouldn't have had that bad rap.
Good thought. So. Good thought, Kevin. Yeah. Now, throughout your career, who who was the best manager you played for? Uh, best manager in the major leagues or minor? Could be minor. Yeah. Well, I I I, I got to go with Bob Schaefer and uh, and uh, Hum Baby, Roger Craig. Okay, Roger Craig. Yeah. All right. Um, what what about Roger? Uh, puts him at the top of your list. Well, Roger was Roger made his players relaxed on that field every day, man. You know, right? Every day, and he knew when to give you a day off, and knew when to tell you to hey, shut it down today. He'll come to tell you that day before, shut it down today. I'm giving you a day off. You know, he wouldn't let you go out there and struggle. If he see, he knew he knew everything about what his players can do on that field. If they were struggling, they knew he knew when to give them a day off. You know, and he kept you relaxed. He he wasn't the type of manager that would chew you out. You know, you're a grown man. You're going to handle, you handle this yourself. Right. So. A, a very underrated manager, Roger Craig. Oh, that, most definitely. That's yes. for sure. Now, now, who would you say was your, your best teammate, your, your buddy? Uh, I gotta say, I got a few of them. I got Matt Williams. Okay. Yeah. Will Clark. Um, I played over in Oakland. I love Ricky Henderson. Right, he really. kept me laughing on that bench every day he, and off the field. He, uh, the, they just had a thing on on the MLB Network where where they were talking about Ricky Kevin and uh, Jimmy Rollins was was the guest, and Jimmy was a great admirer of Ricky Henderson, and they sent him up to the plate there in that that Studio Forty Two where they have the little baseball field, and he did an impression of Ricky Henderson. That that was spot on. Walking up to the plate, talking to the third person. Yeah, yeah, he did that. Walking to the plate, tugging a little, tugging a little bit at your collar. You know, roll the top hand over when you're taking your practice swings, and then he hits a home run and just drops the bat like it like it was a hot potato. And uh, oh yeah, yes. And the snap. And he he did that to me every day when we played together in Oakland. Yeah. And. He'll sit there and he'll start talking to himself and he'll say, Big Mitch, <laughs> what am I doing wrong at the plate? And then I'll say, Rick, you sure you want me to tell you? So I'll tell him he might get a hit. He said, man, I can't believe you just now telling me that I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, quite a, quite a character, Ricky Henderson. And uh, Oh, man, he was something else. He'll go down in history as, uh, of course, the the greatest leadoff hitter of all time, and he, oh, yes. he, he'd hit the ball out on you too at leading off the game. Oh yes, yeah. I, 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 I've seen Ricky. Ricky asked me if he's not playing that day, he'd come over and ask me who's on the mound because he's got a pinch hit. Yeah, he said, "Well, I can't hit this guy. I got to work a walk." He'll have two strikes on him, and somehow he's on first base with a walk. Yeah, and once he got there, he was gone. He was he was he was uh, heading for second. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, he was, something. he was he was a joy to play with, man. And you know, I never played with him except when I was with Oakland, and I played against him. But he was a joy, man. I just I just could imagine him just playing with him for years. Yeah, that, that, that's a great choice, Kevin. It certainly is. Now I tell you something. When I left Oakland, yeah. When I left Oakland. My agent asked me, why didn't I leave a long time ago? You know what I'm saying? So, because I wasn't playing no more. Mm -hmm. And he said, I told him the only reason why I didn't leave 
is because Ricky Henderson. I enjoyed him. That says a lot. Says a lot for for, for you to come up with that answer, Kevin. Certainly uh, portrays Ricky in the light that he deserves as, as a Hall of Famer and uh, oh, yes. as a guy, too. Well, Kevin, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for taking time out of your Sunday night to be uh, back with us up here in New York. Uh, we look forward to, to seeing you at Old Timers Day in August. We, we can't wait for that. And we wish you all the very best with your upcoming surgery. We'll, we'll keep you in our prayers. I appreciate everything, man, and thanks for having me on the show. No worries, Kevin. You, you, you stay well, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, you guys take care. That's Kevin Mitchell, folks. Well, that'll do it for me tonight on Sports Talk New York. I would like to thank my guests, Icky Woods and Kevin Mitchell, of course, my engineer, Brian Graves, and you for joining us. See you next week, March 6th. We're going to have the Golden Jet, Bobby Hull, and ex-Yankee Rupert Jones. They'll be here, folks. Don't miss it. Till then, be safe, be well. Bill Donahue wishing you a good evening, folks. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.